morning, church. Good to see you. I hope you're glad to see me. Amen. Been a couple weeks. So glad to be back, and I just welcome all of you here today. And if you're a guest this morning, I welcome you uh, for joining us. And I just, my prayer is always that the that the Lord will speak to your heart and touch you in a way that you need today, that he'll meet your need. And so if you're your guest with us today, I just pray that he touches your life. Amen? I'm not going to embarrass anybody because I have a friend of mine here today. I know he probably don't want me to mention anything, but my friend David and his lovely wife are guests with us today. And you know what? This is the kind of guy that you want to love because he is our AC man. Okay, y'all, he keeps us cold and warm. Now, we just got heaters in the foyer, praise God. Thank you, David. I appreciate that. Uh, but it's been uh, crazy trying to get parts for everything, but I just want him to know him and his wife. We're so glad to have him as our guest this morning. He told me he was coming, and he showed up. Amen? Sorry, David, if I embarrassed you. Amen. If y'all need any AC work, y'all see David, y'all. Okay. But those of you online watching right now, I know that we have a host of you that have joined us. We welcome you here. Matter of fact, church, can we just welcome all those that are watching online right now at home, wherever you are in the world. Amen. We have people contact us from all across the United States, even some in other countries sometimes, to let us know that they are watching. And we are so glad that you tuned in uh, to be with us here today. And uh, I do want to mention, you saw my friends Tom and Trina, they're coming to do the marriage conference, and if you haven't signed up, I am urging you to do that today, because we're trying to plan for you, we have to plan food and plan our setup, and we need you to uh, uh, go online or go out front, uh, Michelle's going to be out there after service, or you can go on the app and sign up for the marriage conference. These people are wonderful. They're funny, too. You, you, get, you got that, right? They're hilarious, but I'm telling you, they are seasoned pastors in Louisiana, Christ Church, and uh, I am so excited to have them. And listen, you spend $60 everywhere, like it's nothing. So $60 to invest in your marriage? I'll pay it for you if you can't pay it because I want your marriage. Even it doesn't matter if you've been married five years, two years, or 25 years, we all need strength in our marriage. Amen? And I promise you it's going to, we, we sat on the, we had a phone call with them last week and uh, planned out our schedule. It's on a Saturday, um, April the 2nd, and it'll start about 10 o'clock in the morning, 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning. It'll go to about 2 or 2.30. And I promise you, it's well worth the investment. Uh, and again, if, if there's something financially holding you back, just let us know because I will sponsor you. And I guarantee you there's others that will sponsor you to go through this just to impact your marriage. So sign up. Amen. I mean, those of you who maybe you're blessed, you can do your, you know, pay for your own marriage and sponsor somebody else. Hey, amen. Be a blessing to somebody. So just want to encourage you do that today so that we have a better accurate number of who's coming. But uh, glad to be back, and I know many of you are probably uh, wondering what's going on with Pastor Debbie, my wonderful wife, and 
Uh, I want to give you a quick update. Uh, matter of fact, I know she's watching right now. Um, many of you, if you know, that we, she had an autoimmune disorder that happened back at the 1st of January and which caused her immune system to attack itself, which attacked her kidneys and caused them to shut down. And so it's been a journey for us. Uh, sorry, excuse my emotions. I love my wife so much. Uh, they've got her on, you know, some strong medication. Uh, I will tell you, though, that the good news is that we're at about 50%. Last time we checked, our kidneys are back working about 50%. So we give God the glory for that. And, uh, but the medications that they do have her on are very strong. <clears throat> and they do have side effects. And so she has good days and bad days. Um, and so I just, uh, I told her last night, baby, we're going to fight. Because how I many you know it can affect your, your emotions, you mentally, not just in your physical body. I said, we're going to fight through this thing. We're still standing on the promises of God's word that he is our healer. Amen. And so, y'all just, yes. We, we believe in that. That's a promise in the Word of God. So please be patient with me. I'm asking you as a church family. Uh, it, it does require a lot of, I mean, hey, when you took those vows, it's through the health and life of your spouse. Amen? So I, I, I even told the staff, Please be patient with us because this is not something that's in our control, and I've got to be there for her. Amen? Amen. So uh, just be patient. There may be some Sundays, like last Sunday morning, we were ended up in the emergency room, and, you know, that we didn't, it was just, we didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. She woke up in tremendous pain, and so uh, thank you for your prayers. We were able to get out of there, and then Sunday night at midnight, my son ended up in the emergency room, so I was in two different places. It's just crazy, y'all. It's like the enemy wants to attack. Ever since we went on that 21-day fast, it's, it's like an attack physically. That just shows me that something good is coming, that there are miracles in this house. Hey, he's not going to take me down spiritually. I can tell you that right now. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. I'm going to preach the Word of God. I, as some preachers say, come hell or high water, he's not going to stop the kingdom of God from moving forward. And we as a church are going to stand together. And those of you that are in my battle right now, the battle's not over. Just remember, there are battles and blessings going on at the same time. And you fight your way through it. Don't point your finger at God and say, why, God, I can't believe this is happening to me. No, you need to point your finger at the devil because it is him that is causing all the things happening in this world. Amen? I'm already preaching and I haven't even started. I love you. Just wanted to give you an update. Babe, I love you. This church loves you. So... I'm glad to be up here today, and I hope you're ready for the Word of God. I don't have something deep for you today, but I just came to encourage you. How many of you know that encouragement is needed? And all I know to do when I need encouragement is to encourage somebody else. If you want encouragement, you got to give encouragement. 
Hello, somebody. If you sit back and have a pity party, well, that's what you're going to get, pity party. I want to encourage somebody here today, and I'm going to ask you, in honor of God's Word, to stand this morning. We're going to be reading from Romans chapter 8. Some of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. And if you don't have a Bible with you, bring one next time. Get your phone out. Do whatever you have to do. I've been encouraging you uh, over the last couple of months to... You know, it's great to have scriptures on your Bible, but many of you got Bibles at home sitting there and you never looked at them. And if you don't like that Bible and that version, you got the King James Version and you don't understand all the these and thous, then get one you like. Get an NIV. Get, get an Amplified Bible. Get something that will help you understand. But I want to read in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We're going to begin. And I would just tell you, you need to mark your Bible. Right there. Because this is some powerful scripture for you to remind you of who you are and whose you are and what you have. The enemy wants to remind you of that, and I'm going to tell you it's a lie what he wants to tell you. So let's begin with verse 28. Paul says, And we know that in all things, everybody say, all things. That means everything. God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to Not your purpose. A lot of people, they think they, they know God, but they're, not, they're living according to their own purpose. And really, they're their own God. But you can't have both. You either live by the Spirit or, you, or you're living by the flesh, right? But he says we know in all things, through the battles, through the ups, through the downs, through the sickness, through the disease, through the marriage trouble, through the financial problems, through trials in life, through enemies that always are throwing mud at us, through relationship issues. Can I just say all things? Through Teenagers you're trying to raise or grown children you got problems with through owning a business and dealing with employees. Oh, can I get in somebody's world right now? Through all things, God has a plan. He turns it into a plan. He, he may not have planned all the bad things in your life because he don't plan bad things, but he will turn those into a plan that will work for your good. I could preach on that scripture right there. For those God foreknew, verse 29, he foreknew those he chose. You know God chose you? I know you don't think you were chosen, no, but he already chose you. And he also predestined you. Oh, you had a destiny on your life before you even came out of your mother's womb. While you were a seed, he already had a destiny for you. What was it? To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the first among many brothers and sisters. He already predestined you to be like Christ. You may not feel like Christ, but he already put a destiny on you. And you know what? He's working on us until we come to full sanctification when we finally get to heaven. Amen. You'll never be perfect while you're here, but he's working on you. 
He predestined you. And, everybody say and. Those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also He already made you blameless. See, some people are saying the gospel is just too good to be true. You're right. It's so good. He already took your place and justified you to take your sin. Amen? Those he justified, he also In other words, he's given you honor in heaven already, even though you don't deserve it. What then shall we say? You ought to be on your knees saying, thank you, God. What shall we say in response to these things? If God is what? Then somebody needs to hear that right now because you think the whole world's against you. You feel like everything's against you. Everything, I mean, I'm telling you, going through this sickness with my wife, it's like, my God, it feels like everything's coming at one time. But if I've not once given up on my God, I'm like, if there's anything I'm holding on to, because life is temporary. When you get that mindset, you don't let life's problems take you down to the bottom. You realize that life is just a, a brief moment in time compared to eternity of where I'm going. And the day I quit breathing on this earth is the day I start breathing heavenly air. So there's going to be no, be no time lapse for me, baby. So whether he calls me today or tomorrow or 10 years from now, I know where I'm going, so I have confidence. See, if you don't live with a heavenly perspective, you all you see is this life. Y'all okay? Y'all still standing. See, I cannot read scripture without preaching it. All right, where were we? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for you. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? You're chosen. You're chosen, right? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ, see, if you feel in condemnation because you haven't lived up to par, realize that's a lie from the enemy right now. I'm telling you that God loves you so much. He may not be happy with how you're living, but he loves you. And he's wooing you. You thought it was just a feeling I need to go to church. No, my friend. That's called the Holy Spirit, and he will woo you. Hey, I have a need. Amen. Hallelujah. So who condemns you? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand, the place of authority, and is also interceding for you. Right now, do you realize that Jesus is interceding, interceding before the Heavenly Father before you? Right now. Thank you, God. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death. All day long, we are considered as sheep to the slaughter. Have you ever felt like that? Man, it just feels like I'm just getting slaughtered out here. 
My heart's getting slaughtered. He said, no way. In all these things. Everybody say, in all. Even when it feels like you're a sheep being slaughtered. In all these things. We are. Oh, you got to say it better than that. I am more through him. That's the key, folks. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate me from a God that loves me through the Lord Jesus Christ. And can I get a good amen this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word today. That's powerful. I thank you that you left us your word to speak. People are saying, I don't ever hear God speak. Lord, you just spoke. Now let us hear it. Let us receive it. Open our minds today. Open our heart for what you have for me. In Jesus' mighty name, you may be seated. So like I said, I want to encourage you today. I want to talk to you about chapters. Chapters. Every person in this room that I'm looking at represents a life story. You have your own story, where you came from. And, but the truth is, is your story is divided up in chapters. Or some of you may call it seasons of life. But there are chapters in our lives. There are chapters in raising kids. There are chapters in your early marriage. There are chapters in your later life. There are chapters in the story of our business. There are chapters in the story of this church. This morning, I, I was on my back porch just drinking a cup of coffee and just going back and reminiscing. Here we are, we just celebrated 49 years of history of this church. 49 years ago, a young family came to Spring, Texas, and I'm so thankful my mom and dad were able to be here today. Four boys came out here, ran, was running a, a business, very successful at it, but knew my dad knew he had a call of God on his life. And him and mom took a chance for destiny because they knew that, yes, he was having great success in business, but he had a, a bigger purpose that he wanted to, that God was calling his life. Came out here and 49 years ago in our living room over on Spring Stubner Road, we had our first service with 19 people in the living room of our house. The story began. And since that time, thousands of upon thousands of people have come through our doors over the years. Thousands of people's lives have been impacted. There have been different seasons and chapters in the life of this church. Some great seasons, some not so great seasons. But there is a story. It, it's, there's chapters. And I, I want to tell you, we're continuing the story. Next year will be our 50th birthday. And you better get ready for a party. We're about to do some remodeling around this place, matter of fact. 
And it's going to be coming in the next several months. We're meeting with designers just to give us a facelift, to upgrade this place. Because you know what? The story is not over. There are still other generations of young people and children that are in our classrooms right now that need to know about Jesus. I mean, if they're teaching certain things in our classrooms, in our schools, we better be teaching them about Jesus in our houses and in our Sunday school rooms. Are you hearing me? Your grandbabies need to hear. Oh, that was pretty weak right there. Come on. They need to hear the truth about God's Word and about who created them. Hallelujah. But there are chapters in your life. And I just want to cover four things today. Number one. If you're taking notes or if you're look, taking, looking at the notes on our app, what you need to realize about chapters is that chapters are chapters, but they are not the story. A good book is made up of chapters that are part of a greater whole. The chapters may be good, the chapters may be bad, but they are not meant to be your story. You know, it's kind of like ingredients in a recipe. You take different ingredients. Why? To have flavor, and it's to contribute to the flavor of something better and something greater. And, 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 and so you got to realize some of us use chapters, and we make that our life story, but that's not what God meant for you. Some people say, well, that's just my story. They get stuck in a chapter, and they said, you know, that's the story of my life, Pastor. I'm just a day late and a dollar short. Take, I, I seem to take two steps forward and three steps back. And if anything is going to happen to me or happen, it always happens to me, Pastor. That's just my life. A lot of people do that. And you hear it over and over. They're repeating the chapter over and over. But you don't realize that, is that a day late was supposed to be a chapter in your life, not the story. The dollar short was a chapter not the story in your life. So I come to tell somebody, don't sabotage your story by embracing a bad chapter. I want you to think about where you're at, what's going on. Some of you, you're in a great chapter right now, and we would like to stay there, right? We like to be on the mountaintop. We like the victorious time in our life. We like, whoa, things are good. I'm highly favored and blessed. This is my life story. But you know, Next month, something could go, you're not in control. So you have to flow, realizing you can't get stuck in one chapter and realize that God's trying to work on you. God always intends, listen, he always intends our story to be a story of triumph. He always intends your story to be a story of victory. Did we not just read that in the scripture? We are more than conquerors. If God is for us, who can be against us? Paul, when he's speaking to a group of people, he interrupts his conversation. He breaks out in this praise to God in 2 Corinthians 2.14. He says, but thanks be to God, because he, he remembered something. He said, who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. 
Now, you, if you can imagine here, this is a word picture that he is painting to these people in Corinth. Uh, and they, they knew what he was saying because they had seen it and they had identified because every time a, a, an army went off and if they came back victorious, they would come back and there would be a, 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 the armies of people uh, parading through the streets and celebrating the victory. And it, it, it took a battle to get there, but they were parading through those streets. So they knew what he was trying to say, realizing that your life there's going to be seasons, but it's, it's meant to be a succession of total victory in your life. You may have lose some battles, but it's, God wants you to know that he is with you and your life is meant for victory. It's always meant to win. See, the enemy will come in, and some people, we, we immediately start blaming it on God. Why is God not there? Why is it not happening? Why am I going through this? Why does it seem like over and over? It's like Job. It's like, my God, man, when's this stuff going to stop? It seems like it's happening to my family. It's going, I'm going through it. When's it going to happen? Just remember, God's working on your story. It may not feel good right now, but he, it's going to be a victory in the end. So, Life is not battle-free, folks. I preached a message one time called Battles and Blessings. Battles and Blessings, because it's like life is like going along, uh, uh, at least of what I've learned, it's like traveling along railroad tracks. You have two rails. On one side of the rail is all the victories, all the blessings. You know, we can sit here and say, I'm blessed. I mean, if we look at our family, we look where we're at. I mean, there's times that you just get overwhelmed with, man, I'm a blessed person. I'm a blessed man. We're a blessed family. I have so many good friends. I have so great kids. I am blessed. And at the same time, you got battles going on over here. People want it to be battle-free. But how many of you know you can't travel life on one leg? The truth is, is the battles is what makes us stronger to endure. That's a whole nother lesson right there. But God will press through you and give you endurance to, get, to win. Amen? So every difficulty, every challenge is one more step in a continuous, triumphant procession for the glory of God in your life. So this is your story. Because I know some of your stories in this building this morning. And I'm just come to tell you this morning, don't let chapters of injustice, chapters of failure, chapters of sorrow. There's been a lot of sorrow over the last couple of years, losing loved ones and battling this virus. And some of you in this room, you have been through it. But do, I just came to encourage you, don't let it have the final word in your life. You can't let it do it. You've got to grab a hold of what Paul's trying to get in our minds, that brand this picture in your heart that God always intends your story to end in victory. God leads us in this procession of overcoming. And I'm telling you, God only thinks of uh, or has good things in mind for your life. Just remember that. There's a famous scripture. You all know it, and you, we mostly only hear it at funerals. But Psalm 23 says, Yea, though I walk, through the valley of the shadow of death. The key word you need to underline in that scripture is through. Everybody say through. He didn't say camp, camp out in the valley. 
He didn't say build a house here and set up your life. He didn't say build a community here. No, God wants you to go through. Obviously, there's going to be valleys, but there's a way that we got to go through. And we got to go, we need to understand that we are predestined just like Jesus to be an overcomer in our lives and to live a champion life. That's the name of our church. Where, do, where did we come up with the name? Because I just wanted people to realize that you were meant to live in victory. You can live a champion life. That doesn't mean it's going to be worry-free. That doesn't mean that it's going to be problem-free. No, but with God, all things are possible, and I'm more than a conqueror. If God is for me, who can be against me? See, that's where those scriptures come in, to remind you that God's using my chapter to make my story a victorious story in my life. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, it's just a chapter. No, look at your neighbor. Say, it's just a chapter. Turn the page. Here's the second thing. Some of the worst chapters make the best stories. The greater the adventure, the greater the adversity, the greater the challenge, the greater the story. So the best stories are made up of chapters with seemingly impossible and difficult situations that we go through. And if you read books, nobody wants to read a book without adventure. There's no bestseller that doesn't have any thrills. Nobody wants to read a book without adversity and challenge. I mean, shoot, look at the television shows we watch. Most of you were hooked on Yellowstone. As vulgar and as bad as it was. But it's like, you get to the thrill, it's like, if that was just about riding a horse, you would have never watched the second one. But it was the adventure, it was the challenge, it was what's going to happen next. Every great story has chapters where people find themselves in desperate situations. I like real life stories. And I could sit here and tell you all kinds of stories, but even I was going back in my notes and I was looking at some stories of people that I've wrote down before, but back in 2010 in the Olympics, there was a young lady, Canadian skater. Her name was Joni Rochette. Here she is. She had been training for this moment for years, time and effort, and she gets there. And while she's there, her mother passes away. Now, you can imagine what she was going through. Here she is at the greatest opportunity on the, one of the greatest stages of her life to, to put all of her training and effort on, on the floor, and she loses the person that is closest to her, her greatest supporter. And she could have said, you know what? I'm done. That's my story. I can't go forward. I just can't emotionally do it. But can I tell you, she decided this is not going to be my story. My mom would want me to compete. And so she went on, emotion and all, and she ended up bringing home the bronze medal. That's her story. If I were to grab a chapter of Tyler Perry's life, you'd read how he was born in extreme poverty he had an abusive father. He was living in his car at age 28. 
How many you know that was a chapter? Because here came Medea. Hello? That's a great story. The Bible stories we love to hear have chapters that describe people that were thrown in a fiery furnace. People that were thrown in a lion's den. The story of people that were trapped on a mountain and held hostage most of their life. And then one day they decided this chapter is not going to be our story. And we know in all things, right? See, God will work for the good in the worst chapters of your life. I'm looking at people. I know your story. Kyle, I don't want to embarrass you, but I standing next to you, my nephew. I know his story. I know what he, I've seen him since he was three years old. I seen him when he, when Debbie's brother passed away, he lost his dad. Then he lost his grandpa. Then he lost his grandma. Struggling to find his life. And I'm not here to, please, Kyle, let me, I'm just using you as an illustration. But I saw him struggle for many years and just a few years ago come and uh, he couldn't find direction. But we got together and began to pray. And I told him, I looked at him, I said, don't you ever let anybody tell you that, you, uh, that they can take your life. You, you have more to live in this life. Because he, he felt like it was the end of the rope. But I'm glad he didn't give up because today he's successful, found a great job. He's married, y'all, and he's got a great life going. And I've seen God turn it around. Don't you get up. It was just a chapter in his life. It's not going to be your story. And I still tell him that now. It's not going to be your story, boy. I don't care what that is. Just a chapter. Somebody here and today, you may be in the middle of a chapter. And I want to encourage you. The story's not over. Don't you give up. Here's one thing I know about God. There's healing and there's wholeness. I said there's healing and there's wholeness can be restored in your life. I was at a men's retreat a couple of weeks ago. I spent the weekend with all men. 40 men came together then all those that were serving those 40 men there was probably there was about 70 men serving 40 men and i i'd never seen men finally kind of opening up and we men you know we're like this big hard shell sometimes and i saw men opening up and men praying for men and i saw healing and wholeness happening and i, I wanted to come back and tell even our men in this place look I know that you've got a weight on your shoulders trying to provide for your families, trying to take care of your families. But let me tell you something. Sometimes life comes and it's hard. But I want to tell you there's hope in this room this morning. God can restore whatever's been stolen from you, wherever the hurt is. I'm telling you, you are a man of God. And he's called you to live for God and be a man for your wife and your family. Amen. I'm believing that today is a start of hope for you. I'm not trying to leave out the ladies. I just need to speak to the men. Here's number three. You ready? You may not decide the chapters, but you do decide the story. See, none of us are the sole authors of our story. There are contributing writers 
You couldn't control the family you were born into, good or bad. You couldn't control the neighborhood you grew up in. You couldn't control the school or the classmates or the teachers, but make no mistake, it's not their story. Even though they're contributing, it's not their story. It's your story. It's my story. See, when God presented the animals to Adam, here's what he told Adam. He said, I want you to name them. I want you to name every animal. And in the same way, I believe God presents you with circumstances in your life, with scenarios, things, but it's up for you to name them. So you can name them stumbling stone or you can name it stepping stone. You can name it problem or you can name it opportunity. Hello, somebody. You can name it, it's a bitter life, or I'm going to have a better life because of it. You can name it denied or just delayed, and I'm on my way. Anybody, God's going to take my mess and turn it into a testimony. He's going to take my weakness and work through it and make me the person I need to be. And if it has to bring me all the way down to the end of myself so that I surrender to him and seek first the kingdom of God, then so be it. Some of us need to come to the end of ourselves so that we'll seek first God in our lives. People want to know, how do I have, Pastor, I, your family seems to be blessed, you know, and uh, your brothers. And, and Look, it, it, it's not without problems. But yes, you're right. We have been tremendously blessed. But one thing we were taught growing up, no matter what, son, put God first in your life. I don't care what else. If you don't get anything else right, because I promise you, if you put God first, everything else will work. Because he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that you're seeking, security and well, how am I going to feed my family, all that will come if we can't control the circumstances of the families that we were born into. But I'm here to tell you, don't let somebody else decide your story. You get to decide. You have a choice, amen? Don't sit there and waller. And why has this always happened to me? No, you get to decide. Here's number four, and I'm going to end with this one. The end of a chapter is not the end of the story. Have you ever watched in slow motion the process of a caterpillar to a butterfly? It's pretty amazing when you watch it, but that caterpillar, caterpillars are just ugly. <laughs> Slimy, crawling all over the place. They eat my plants and make me mad. But then they finally settle in a place and if you watch it slow uh, they, or fast, when they speed it up, they actually shed their skin. It looks like the skin of their backs just breaks open and then it begins to wrap itself around and forms that cocoon. And through metamorphosis process that they go through, Sometimes weeks, sometimes months even, they say. All of a sudden, that cocoon begins to split open. 
and you see wings come out. And I have to tell you, I've never seen an ugly butterfly. Even the way they fly, it's so soft, it's like they float. And that once crawling on their belly caterpillar is now flying and beautiful. And I want to tell you this morning, you may be in a chapter of in the cocoon. You may be crawling on your belly trying to survive. But don't let this chapter be the end of your story. If you think about Jesus, you know, he's hanging on the cross. And the last thing he said, right before he took his last breath, he's hanging there. He's got his arms wide, nails in his hands. He'd been through beating and suffering like you would not believe. And in his last breath, he said, it is finished. But what does that mean? Does it mean that it's all over? That's it? No. It was just the completion of a chapter. (laughs) Because something better and new was coming. I said Sunday was a coming. Better and fresh was about to begin. And, you know, there are churches that have... uh, Good Friday services, and usually we come in and we kind of leave heavy and in sorrow because we're remembering the day he died. And Friday, though, you got to realize was just a chapter. He said it's finished, but Sunday was coming. A new chapter was about to begin, a new chapter of righteousness, which is why you and I sit here today. All I'm trying to say is it's never too late to start expecting God to do great things in your life. I said it's never too late. I don't care how you walked in here. I don't care how you feel. I don't care where you are in life. I don't care if you feel like a failure or if you feel like, you you know, you're macho man. You got it all together. You need Jesus no matter what. I found that in my life because I need, you know, uh, uh, I found, I mean, God's blessed me even in business and other things that I've ventured into and trying to build a, a, you know, how many of you know that pastors don't have that 401 plan? Matter of fact, my friend on the front row here told me it's called the 802 for business owners, the 802 plan. (laughs) You just double it. But even with all the blessings, without God, I would be a miserable man. Because we're searching for happiness. People searching it for it all over. And if you're, you're looking for true joy, I didn't say to make you happy all the time. No, true joy, that's a different thing. You heard about that the last two weeks, by the way. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Michelle, for great messages. You need God. I don't want you to dwell on the Friday of your life. I want you to sit, look, there's a Sunday coming. Because my Bible tells me that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. 
I want you to say this with me. Say, my story ain't over. My story ain't over. I'm turning the page. I'm not expecting you to... I just want somebody to be encouraged today. Hey, if you're going through something, it may be different than mine, but I'm going through something personally. It's hard. It's hard to watch your spouse struggle with sickness. Along with all the other problems, that's not my only issue, but there's heaviness of life, right? I just want you to know we're in this together. And we can get through this together. And we're going to get through this because I'm more than a conqueror. It's just a chapter. It's just a chapter. I want you to stand today. I want to do this. And we don't do this all the time, but we didn't really pray for needs in the middle of service, but I want to pray for them now. And I'm glad we didn't because... I knew what I was about to preach. If you're here today and you're in a chapter or in a season that you need prayer for, would you be bold enough to come forward? Just come stand right up here. If you're just you're in a season that you need prayer. Come on. It's what we come to church for, right? Pray together, believe together. Y'all keep coming forward. Y'all come up front here. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Keep coming. Oh, we got a lot of chapters going on. taking a moment look in your face because I want you to know I see you I see you you know from the bottom of my heart that I love you. I may not know all of you personally. All I can explain is it's like when you have children, God gives you love and then you have another child, you think you can't love the, love the next child, but the love is just the same for that child. That's the way it is for a pastor and his people. I can't explain it, but I feel you right now. I feel your heartbeats. I'm, I'm, I want you to know that I'm with you. The staff is with you. This church is with you. We're not perfect, but we are here. And we're going to get through this chapter together. God works all things.
for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Do you believe that? Can we come into agreement on that word? I taught you about prayer, how to pray. Several weeks ago, I talked about the prayer of agreement. So can we, I don't know what your situation is, but can we come in agreement on that word? And you stand on it. Take, don't just, oh, that was a great scripture today. No, you need to go eat it. Consume it. That's God having a conversation with you. When he's, that written word is his conversation and you just talk back to it. If somebody's talking to you and you ignore them, that's rude. <laughs> God's talking to you. Go talk back. Say, God, I know I'm seeing this, but this is what you said. Help me see. Help me see your perspective. Kind of like Gideon. When a servant... The army had come to attack them and the servant came back to Gideon and said, we about to go down. We don't have no help. There's the army everywhere. And Gideon said, God, open his eyes. And I pray that for you right now. Don't forget, because he opened that servant's eyes and when he looked, there was an army of angels surrounding it's kind of like, my daddy's bigger than your daddy. And I'm here to tell somebody that your daddy is bigger. Your daddy is bigger than your problem. Are you hearing me this morning? So let's come into agreement. Congregation, can we do that? I'm telling you, I know none of y'all got problems out there. All we got problems up here, but y'all pray for us, all right? Come on, reach your hand forward. Father, we just stand upon your word today. Come into agreement. We've been... Standing upon the word we preach today that all things, all things work for good for those that love you. And I know that these people here, Lord, they're going through some significant things in their life. Facing trials, facing battles, facing situations. Maybe there's marriages that are on the rock in relationships. Lord, I pray for complete reconciliation no matter what has happened. That you're going to turn a bad situation around and you're going to use it for the good. You're going to turn my mess into a testimony, God. You're going to take my situation and bring healing and restoration. I pray for the hurting, the worried. Lord, if I could just lay hands spiritually on them right now. I'm laying hands on the sick, those that are going through something physical in their bodies. Lord, I pray for complete healing by your stripes. Your word says that we are healed in the name of Jesus. And we receive that. Lord, we know that where there looks no hope, you said we're more than a conqueror. And Lord, whatever situation we need to learn from, grow from, stretch from, use it, God. Open our eyes to see it in the name of Jesus because we see ourselves in victory. The end means victory. There is a total victory meant for our life. We were predestined for it. You have called us to it, God. And we thank you, God, for the ultimate victory in your life. We thank you, Lord, that you're turning this situation, God. We're turning it around right now, Lord. We're turning it around right now, Lord. We know that you're working a miracle in this place. 
We've already sang about it. So now we're going to worship about it. Come on. Somebody give God praise for your victory right now. Come on. Thank you for coming up here today. Let's stand on this word today. Be in agreement all week. Amen. If you're a guest with us, we'd love to have you in our VIP right out to my right. I'd love to get say hello to you if you have a minute. I love you, church. Remember Wednesday night, we have the table. Come back, join us Wednesday night for our group. We're going to have a great week. God bless you. Oh, is it-